Welcome to Stepping Off Now, a podcast about how to live your creative best life. If you're feeling creatively stuck, burned out, or like you're not fulfilling your true creative potential, this podcast is for you. I'm Kendra, a social scientist and writer. I spent decades feeling creatively unfulfilled while I pursued conventional life goals, culminating in severe burnout that took years to recover from. This podcast chronicles my journey in real time as I find my way home to my essential creative self and seek to live my own creative best life. I discuss topics like harnessing the intuitive creative process, using creativity to manage mental health, and sorting through all the external pressures and expectations to figure out what you really want. My hope is that you'll find inspiration and solace here. You are not alone and you are stronger and wiser than you know. You can find out more by visiting my website, KendraPatterson.com. Now, on to the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. It has been a few weeks. I seem to be on an every three-week schedule here this summer with my summer updates. And I have a doozy for you today. As you probably surmised from my title, things are suddenly, not sure suddenly is the right word here, but they are going very, very well, extraordinarily well with my novel, At Long Last. It has been a long time coming, and I'm going to talk about all that and what's going on, but suffice it to say that it looks like I am, to my shock and surprise, actually going to hit my deadline of finishing this thing by the end of summer. To qualify that a little bit here in Florida, summer lasts through the end of September. That's usually when the summer heat breaks. (laughs) Although this year, who knows? But I'm giving myself until sometime in September to finish up. But I'm working really, really hard. I'm spending as much time as I possibly can and have to give on my editing, my rewrites, working every day. And this time, I actually mean that literally, (laughs) instead of what I usually mean, which is like four or five days a week, I am working at least six, if not seven days a week, I really feel a momentum towards finishing. And it's very exciting and a totally new feeling for me in terms of, well, I I guess anything, I, I certainly never felt this way about my dissertation, never felt this way about a novel. This is only the second novel I've completed in my life. And I did not feel this way about the first. So I'm going to go through in a somewhat linear fashion, what has ostensibly led to this breakthrough, and then talk more generally about the creative process and what I think is happening right now in terms of this, this project. In my last episode, a few weeks ago, I talked about how I have moved past my identification as a literary fiction writer, and am embracing genre as my writing home. Which genre I am writing in, I am not entirely sure, but it seems to be a mix of women's fiction, mystery, speculative, and psychological thriller. (laughs) So that's going to be fun to try to pitch. But I also talked about how I think that we are in general moving towards more cross-genre works being put into the market, and that I personally believe that there is space now for works like mine. I want to specify this doesn't mean that I 
intend to pitch the novel versus self-publish. I haven't made any decisions in that area yet. I will be, though, in a, in a couple months. But I feel very comfortable moving forward with this new identity of myself as a genre writer, even if I don't know exactly what genre I reside in. And I think that that's very much in line with my personality, who I am. I just never have been one to fit within categories. I've always crossed categories. Even my zodiac is on the cusp. <laughs> For those of you who, who uh, like astrology, I'm right on the cusp of Pisces and Aquarius, which are both very different signs. And I've never been comfortable in institutions and the way that they box you in. So it feels really good to have kind of stepped into my writer's identity in a way that suits me instead of trying to fit myself into already existent categories of mystery writer or women's fiction, etc. So that's a little recap and some additional thoughts on last episode. In the meantime, I decided to do something that up to just recently, I've had no interest in and sort of been against and that is I decided to start seeing a therapist. I have seen therapists in the past. I mean, who hasn't, right? But I've never found that talk therapy has been all that useful for me. It's not that there was anything wrong with my therapists. They were all like great people, but just never clicked for me. It just never, it never really felt like it, it did much. There, the, the insights were few and far between. Let me put it that way. So for me personally, and I've said this a number of times on this podcast, it's always felt like maybe therapy just isn't for me. But I thought pursuant on the long funk I was in earlier this summer and this feeling that I'm I'm kind of stuck, that something is holding me back from moving forward and getting this novel done and possibly also stuck in other ways in my life. I thought, okay, I'll give this a try. Now, in between the time that I last saw a therapist years and years ago, I mean, we're talking like sometime in the middle of doing my PhD. And now it has become much easier to find a therapist who is a good match. Mainly reason being we've had the Zoom revolution, right? Because of COVID. And now plenty of therapists offer Zoom sessions. You don't have to see them in person. So that widens the opportunity field. And I went on some website just through Googling and within 10 minutes found a therapist who seemed like he would be a good match. Yes, I hired a man therapist. First time I have ever done that, but I just felt like now is the time for departures from past habits. And he did say in his little introductory write-up that he has a feminist-informed methodology. And some of the best feminists I know are men. I really respect men's perspectives who are true allies of women. So I thought I'll give this guy a try. And my instincts were correct. He seems like he's a great match and we're having a really good time. I, I actually really enjoy just talking to him in general. But <laughs> in one of the early sessions, and I've only been seeing him for a few sessions now, I was telling him about my discomfort with plot. And if you've listened to my last episode, maybe two episodes, I've talked a lot about how 
I've always been challenged by plot. That is the part of writing a novel that I find the most difficult. And I've always had a block, like an actual serious block where I could not do plot. I tried and tried. I would, you know, get a bulletin board. I would cut out little pieces of paper with each of the scenes and try to pin them up and make it into a plot. Couldn't do it. But this time around, I decided to give it one more try. And it was actually working for me. So literally on the day that I had finalized my plot on my brand new bulletin board that is now full of lots of different colored slips of paper, (laughs) and it looks really pretty, I had a session with him and I was telling him that I think one of the reasons I've struggled with plot is because the standard plot that we use in the West for stories is masculine. What I'm talking about here is the hero's journey. This is sort of the basis of most plot structures, even when plot structures vary from the the basic hero's journey story. If you want to know what a quintessential hero's journey looks like, the first Star Wars movie, that is to say the one that came out in 1977, is based on the hero's journey and follows it very closely. And while there are or is a female character in that movie... It's most definitely a man's story. And to my surprise, my therapist actually knew what I was talking about in the sense that this kind of plot structure is more than just about men. The very way that it is formulated with the rising action and then the climax and then the denouement and the resolution is considered in critical literary theory to actually be inherently masculine. So in other words, it elides the the female experience by its very structure. I'm not going to get into the the details of that. Uh, it's, you know, it's like I studied that kind of stuff in college. Uh, and to my surprise, he had too. So yes, he does know what, what he's talking about when he says that his methodology is feminist informed. And Joseph Campbell himself, who is the scholar who introduced us to the classic hero's journey structure, said that it's for men. Basically, what he said is that women don't need to go on a hero's journey, because they are the destination. They already have all of the the things that the men go out and have their hero's journey in order to claim, come back and claim. As much as I admire and respect Joseph Campbell, that's just kind of sad. But you know, he was a man of his times, very 20th century, We've moved on from that century. So I was talking about all of this with my therapist and my struggles with plot and my discomfort, I guess you could call it, my deep discomfort with plot because of its inherent bias towards the masculine experience. And he goes, (laughs) and I'm going to say a bad word here, just as a warning. He goes, you know what I think you should do? I think you should say, fuck plot and write what you want. (laughs) And keep in mind that literally just that morning, I had finalized the plot of my novel. My jaw pretty much dropped open, but it did make me think. And after the session, I started researching feminine plot structures. And perhaps not surprisingly, there's not a ton of information to be had on what these might look like, which rather than be upsetting to me, I see that as an opportunity, right? But there is something called the heroine's journey. I'm a little bit iffy on calling it the heroine's journey because I don't like 
how we often make women's stories by simply putting women into men's stories. So for example, putting a woman into a hero's journey, and then calling it a feminine plot structure. That's not quite what the heroine's journey is doing, though. And at this point, I haven't researched it enough to really make a solid assessment on it. But a couple things have stood out to me in my initial research on the heroine's journey that I think are worth mentioning. The first thing is that the heroine's journey tends to be much more inwardly focused. The hero's journey is about going, literally going out into the world and conquering your enemies, a la Luke Skywalker in Star Wars. The heroine's journey may include venturing out into the world, but more likely is going to be about dealing with stuff that is already going on in the context in which you already reside. And and the journey is more your internal transformation that goes on as you address challenges that already exist. Another difference in the heroine's journey is that ultimately it's about how the connections you form with others assist you in your own transformation and help you transform the context in which you are operating, in which you exist, your world. The hero's journey, although it may be, it may include making connections, really is about the individual's self-actualization. So it's not that these are entirely different types of stories. It's just that their focus is very different and the outcomes can look very different as well. And I realized that actually the plot that I've devised for my novel is exactly those two things. It's a very internal journey. There's not a lot of external movement. There's certainly no venturing out into the world, changing the context of the characters. It's all of them dealing with stuff that's already going on and their internal realities. And it's about women forming connections with each other in ways that save each other. I had kind of sort of already known these things about my novel, but having that new way of seeing plot allowed me to understand how the underlying central threads of my plot differ from the hero's journey style structure. In other words, it allowed me to shift my own focus, just like the heroine's journey shifts the focus. And that had the effect of almost like an aha moment. And it it wasn't really a big thing. Like I said, I already kind of knew this stuff about my novel, but this caused me to have an aha moment where suddenly it was like something in my brain opened up and I could see my novel in its entirety and all the parts, like all the small parts of it too and how they fit together and how, how they lead you through the story and what the end result is. This was my breakthrough. And since that moment, I have felt this tremendous momentum, almost like the novel is writing itself. I've heard of this phenomenon, but always thought it would it would be something that maybe was out of reach for me for whatever reason. And I'm astounded and grateful to now be at this point in my own project and glad that I stuck it out. You know, because this has been, like I said, a long time coming, far longer, far, far, far longer than I could have imagined. It's required so much more work, 
so much more dedicated, persistent effort than I ever imagined it would. And I went into this knowing that it required work. So it's not like I thought any of it would be easy. In a sense, though, I have gone on my own heroine's journey with this novel. And it's all documented in this podcast. It has been an internal transformation for me. And there have been many times when I felt like it was all impossible, that what I wanted was out of reach, that I was failing. Most of the time, I felt like I'm, I've been flailing around in the dark. I've never had a moment ever of real clarity when it comes to this project. So as you can imagine, feeling the way I do now, that I have so much clarity around it is both incredible and also nerve wracking. <laughs> because being the sunny optimist that I am, I of course, am wondering, is this just a fluke? Am I being tricked somehow? Am I going to write this draft and, and think it's just fantastic when actually it sucks as bad as all the other drafts. But I've chosen to just believe. What else can I do? Ultimately, that's all I have at my disposal. And, and all I've ever had all along is I just have to go with it wherever I am in, in the process. And this is where I am now. In a general sense, I think what's happened here is that I have just spent so much time with the project and I know my story and my characters so well by now that I've reached that point where all the little connections, all the little details, all those little threads are starting to tie themselves together. And that's resulted in me feeling like I have clarity around the project. Again, I've always heard that this is something that happens at some point, some magical point <laughs> in the life of a large project like this. And it truly is a magical feeling. And if you're waiting for it to happen to you, all I can say is keep going far past the point where you feel like you've gone far enough. That's that's what it takes. I, I don't know how else to say it. It's It's a long, arduous, and sometimes very discouraging journey. All the more reason to make sure that you enjoy every step of the way, even amidst all of the challenges. That's something I stressed from the very beginning of this journey. And I definitely wouldn't have made it to this point if I hadn't insisted on enjoying myself every step along the way and not forcing myself, not making this stressful, not putting more pressure on myself than there already is when you decide that you're going to keep doing something through thick and thin until you achieve your dream. So where does this leave me? Because obviously, simply finishing a final-ish draft of a novel is not the end, or at least it, it certainly isn't for me because I have made a promise to myself that I will put this novel out into the world once I feel that it is worthy of that. I can't say for sure. You all know that I've gone back and forth about whether or not I want to take the step of submitting to agents and, and try for traditional publication. That in and of itself is a whole other journey <laughs> and often a very heartbreaking one. I really can't say at this point if I'll feel up to it, I might if I continue to feel this confident and excited about my project, but we'll see. First things first, and finishing it, finishing this draft, draft 10, is my priority. Riding this, this wave, this momentum, through to the end. If I keep going at the pace I'm going, it shouldn't be more than a few more weeks, 
(laughs) as amazing as that is to say, to even imagine. And I'll be doing one more summer update at that time to let you know how it's going, whether or not I achieved that goal, and what I'm thinking in terms of next steps. Also, as we transition into fall, I am going to start thinking about getting back to a more regular podcasting schedule. I miss doing this podcast every week. I'm not sure if I'll jump right back into a weekly episode. I might do every other week, but that is something that will be coming as well as summer draws to a close here in steamy, swampy Florida. I hope y'all have been enjoying your summer or your winter if you're down south and are feeling in a good place as we enter this transitional season. Shoot me an email to let me know how your your own creative projects are going. If that's something you'd like to do, you can always contact me through my website, KendraPatterson.com. I have a contact tab. I always enjoy hearing from you. Thanks so much for listening and I'll see you in a few. Bye.